Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Soul Savvy Podcast. My name is Anna Beniones, also known as A to the Bed, and today I am joined by Vince Garcia, also known as Vince the Barber. Vince started cutting here in Toronto, Mississauga to be exact, and is now the owner of his own shop, Grey Matter in Los Angeles. Don't get it twisted, it's not just any shop, it's the shop, as in LeBron James' HBO shop. Vince is also the go-to guy for many of our favorite ballers and celebrities like Devin Booker, Damian Lillard, Lonzo Ball. The list goes on and on. Vince, welcome to the podcast. What's up, Anna? Thanks for having me. Okay, so first and foremost, Soul Savvy is a sneaker community. So, of course, I have to ask, what do you have on your feet today? (laughs) To be honest, I just got Crocs on right now. I'm keeping it cozy. I'm at the house, so I'm just chilling. I got a, I'll show you guys. Got my little jibbits on there too. Are you a big Crocs guy? <laughs> I mean, my, my kids, so that my boys got me into them. So, I mean, they're, they're cozy for the house, so. And do you ever wear Crocs like when you're cutting at the shop or when you're seeing your clients? No, not at all. <laughs> no, why not? Uh, I don't know. I just kind of keep these at the house. Fair enough. I'm trying to get into the Crocs wave myself. Okay, well, I guess on that note, when you're when you're cutting hair, what is like your go-to sneaker? For the longest time, they're the Jordan ones. Like I love the ones. They're like I feel like they're the most comfortable Jordans out of all my J's. Like I I've been collecting for so long, and then it hit a point where I just started selling all you know a bunch of the a bunch of my J's that I just never really wear anymore. And it's just the ones that I just have. And I don't know. I don't know if it's like some sentimental value, but. I just love the ones. So it's like, I keep all of the ones I've ever owned. But as far as cutting, I kind of, I stick with the ones. And recently I've been wearing the shit out of my dunks. So all these dunks and SDs that are coming out, those are kind of like my go-tos right now. So like when you're cutting, are you flexing or just going for like whatever is comfortable, what you want? Yeah, whatever is comfortable. You know, I even get some clients who are like, damn, those are dope kicks, you know? And I'm just like, you guys are telling me they're dope when you guys, you guys get these things for free. You know what I mean? Like these guys have the ability to get any sneaker they want. So, but it's cool just having, you know, having them compliment what what we wear and shit. So. Okay. So you just mentioned that you're around like people who get the sickest sneakers. What is the biggest flex that you've seen come into your shop? The red October's I've seen, I've seen the Dior ones. Um, And it's surprising because you're like, you're wearing them in a barbershop meaning there's going to be hair that's going to, you know, get on them. But these are guys that just, you know, they buy them to rock. They don't even, you know, they don't buy them to, to resell or whatnot. But I've seen a lot of heat come in and out of the shop for sure. Especially our shop. We get a lot of guys that are, you know, tastemakers of the city, celebrities, influencers, especially in LA. So these guys come to the shop to flex for sure. So then would you ever let any of your guys in your shop cut in Crocs? No, they've asked. They've definitely asked. So like, yo, can I come wear these? I was like, nah, no Crocs. Like we're kind of, like our clientele kind of knows us for like having heat on our feet. You know what I mean? So a lot of my guys now in the shop are a lot, you know, younger guys. So they're well into the fashion game and a lot of them are hype beasts as well. So I, I'm even surprised sometimes as to what shoes they come working in. So it's, it's cool. That's really interesting. So, okay. So let's go back to the beginning. We'd love to hear your journey about how you started from being a local barber to the go-to for some of the biggest names in the industry? I mean, my first shot at even 
a celebrity NBA pro one now in Toronto was Chris Bosch. And so how I got that gig was, you know, one of my best friends, Will, AKA photo Will that everyone knows in the city. Um, he had to shoot him for, I want to say like an interview or a photo shoot something. And so he had asked Bosch if, you know, he had a barber and he didn't, I guess at the time. So he brought me along, I lined him up. And then after that, it was, I got called like a few days later. He was like, yo, can you line up before the game? And I'm like, yeah. And then from there, it was like, yeah, you want to come to the game? I was like, shit, all right. And so this was like my first taste of like cutting an athlete. And so the perks that come with it, you get to go to games for free, courtside, and like you meet all these other people. So like that kind of opened up a whole nother door to a whole, whole other opportunity for like me as a barber that I've never, you know, experienced before. So I thought about it like, damn, I want to do more of this and, you know, not just cut uh, athletes, but cut like actors and rap artists and, you know, musicians and all that. So I figured LA is, you know, the place for all that. Like, obviously I could go to New York, but everyone asked me that. Why don't you just move to New York? I'm like, it's too much like Toronto. I don't, you know, I, I, I kind of want to move far away and just start from scratch and see if I could, you know, make a name for myself and just start, start from the bottom. And, you know, LA was definitely it. And I didn't know what to expect, but is, you know, it's all about networking, marketing, branding yourself. And the difference with me, you know, moving to a whole other country and city that I've never, you know, really touched, touched grounds on, like I was able to kind of open up and be, you know, more vocal and more, cause I mean, we, we grew up together and, you know, like I was such a shy kid. And so I never had that in me to want to go out there and like, you know, talk to people and like express what I do and pretty much sell your work. You know what I mean? And so when I came out here, I was like, all right, I could not be the shy Vince anymore. And I could just really go out there and just talk to everyone, you know, and that's exactly what I did. I went to every industry party, every, you know, big event in the city and just network, just branded myself as Vince the Barber, Vince the Barber. And, you know, I was just blessed enough to meet the right people at the right time. And it just kind of, it was just like a domino effect. You know what I mean? And I feel like out here in LA, as long as you're consistent and, you know, you're true to yourself and, you know, you just build good relationships, like so much opportunity will come your way. So then moving on to L.A., who was your first big person in L.A. or did Chris Bosch kind of introduce you to a bigger network of people there? It's funny when Bosch got traded to Miami, that's when I moved out here. And so when I told him I was making the move, I was like, yeah, let all your NBA homies know I'm in L.A. And so, you know, he told a couple of his guys and obviously my biggest thing was like, oh, if I'm going to L.A., I got to cut Kobe. Or I just got to cut a Laker. And so, you know, what I did was, again, just network with people who had the connects or the relationships with anyone that played for the Lakers. I didn't care who it was. It's just I told myself, if I get my foot in the door, I'll eventually get to who I want to get to. And so, like, one of the first Lakers I cut were, like, the rookies. It was, like, Devin, no, Devin Ebanks and their character. And they, from them, I then got to Meta. And then I was cutting Meta for the longest time. And then... As you know, like as years going on, they the Lakers switched up their team so many times. So I went from like Meta to then Dwight. And then it was that era when it was like Jeremy Lin, Carlos Boozer, like at that that team, I pretty much cut down near everyone except Kobe. And so again, I was just building a relationship. And I've had moments with Kobe where, you know, he he has his own barber. He's always had the same barber ever since. So I'd had moments where I'm cutting up like Boozer one time and he he's getting cut and we're just talking about life and everything like that. And that's like moments that I would never forget. I never I got a chance to get a picture with them because obviously, you know, there's a time and place for that. But it's just memories like that where 
I would always, you know, I'll never forget. So there's even times where, you know, as people know, like he gets, he gets to the facility super early. And at that time I would always cut half the team in the morning before practice, chill, watch practice and cut the rest of the team after. So sometimes I would beat Kobe there and he'll see me and be like, damn, you beat me this morning. You know? So like, even just that interaction with him, we're just like everything to me because growing up, you know, again, we're all Kobe fans. So I'll never forget that. That's so fire. Cause okay. So then you said that when you started, you know, when you started in LA, you really wanted to get to Kobe. So any Laker, when you got that first shot with a Laker, did you feel pressure like to execute it perfectly? Kind of like it was a game seven type of situation. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. I definitely, you know, my, my foot in the door, my first time at the facility was like, damn, I'm actually here. You know, I got to just see all the players, all the coaches. Like at one point I was cutting some of the coaches too. And like, just being recognized as like, oh, damn, that's, that's Vince, that's the barber. Like he cuts the team. And that to me was like everything, you know, having the ability to just chill and watch them practice and, you know, see how everything goes down behind the scenes was like a blessing, you know? So like every time I stepped foot in there, I was like, all right, I got to make sure I'm like top notch and everything's on point, you know, cause obviously one bad haircut could just fuck up my whole shit. <laughs> so I just made sure I was on point every time. And Again, like consistency is key, especially with being a barber. You talk about networking a lot and, you know, you met a lot of celebrities along the way. How did you get involved with the shop? The shop, you know, Omar Johnson, right? He used to work with Beats. I don't know if you familiar with Well, anyway, he's, he's pretty well known, like in that, in the industry. And so I was cutting him up for a while and then he plugged me with Mav. So I was cutting Mav for longest time even before Braun did the whole decision thing like I was cutting them at that time and so I guess when they were still kind of talking about creating a show Omar again was part of the creation of that we first filmed the first pilot actually in Toronto for All-Star Weekend and so that was our first ever time filming the shop and then from that point on we were literally filming once a year every All-Star Weekend and then it finally got picked up by HBO and then once that happened we were pretty much signed on as like the official barbers for the show. So it's me, Nick, who's LeBron's barber. I've known him for years. And then Brownie, who's he's uh, from the Bay Area. He actually cuts Draymond. And so us three are like the, the top barbers, well, pretty much the only barbers for that show. And um, yeah, just being affiliated with that. And now, you know, we're uh, an Emmy award-winning show. It's, it's definitely a blessing, you know, and, and being a part of it all and being able to be in the same room with all of these legends is, is dope. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like, first of all, congratulations on the Emmy again. Did you get to get one too? No, <laughs> I wish. I mean, you just got a pat on the back. <laughs> That's okay. You get to say you have one. Yeah, no, for sure. So you talk about how these people also have their own barbers. There's an unwritten special bond between a client and a barber why is that? I can't wrap my head around it. Girls kind of don't really um, have the safe experience. Um, I don't know. I just feel like, I think with guys, it's like, it's so easy to just talk about life and just anything in general with, with other guys, you know, especially if it's someone you trust. And I feel like as a barber, again, we're not just barbers or like therapists, you know, like I've heard stories that like I never thought I would hear, you know, coming from them. And it's like, even if they're a brand new client, like they kind of open up to you right away. 
You know, it's like, I feel like the moment they sit in your chair, like they put all the trust in you and they feel that like your opinion matters. And yeah, I feel like it's just always been that way, you know? And I feel like our clients are most like vulnerable in the chair, you know, and you get so much out of just that 30 to 45 to hour cut or however it is that these barbers cut or how long they take to cut, but you get to build such a strong bond with your clients that way, you know, and that, that goes such a long way. And I, I just feel like, that's like, I, you know, I love what I do because again, I'm not just the barber. Like I get to be a part of their life in a way, you know, and for us men, like getting a haircut is like everything, you know, I feel like, I mean, with women too, you know, you, you go to like salons and like, it's just all talking and gossip and, you know, but I think with, with men, it's kind of the same thing. Like the barbershop is like a, it's almost like a, like a home away from home for some people. It's like their way to just come get cut, feel good and just vent about like their day or whatever's going on in their life. But yeah, I feel like barbers trust, I mean, clients trust their barbers more than anyone sometimes. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. And there's this, you know, ongoing universal debate about loyalty to your barber. So some of us want to know, is it okay for a guy or anyone to go to another barber if their go-to barber's on vacation? No, for sure. I like it. <laughs> happened to me many times and then sometimes my clients are like yo man i just had to because you were in town i'm just like no it's all good like it happens but what i tell a lot of my clients too is that like you know i built relationships with barbers all over the world for kind of that that purpose is to you know wherever my clients are at like you know like luda for example hey like yo bro i'm i'm heading to paris like you know anyone out there you know i'm just like yeah i got barbers in paris and london like anywhere you go i have some of the top guys that you know, I built relationships with that could take care of you. And I feel like that goes even a longer way because regardless of whether you're taking care of the client or not, you're still making sure they're taken care of with someone you trust versus them versus leaving them hanging and like them having to find someone that they don't even know and trust. And then they, they you know, they mess their hair up and then you're the one to blame because, oh, you weren't in town. So my, my hair got messed up. So, I mean, again, you know, every barber is different. Some barbers want to just keep to their own and hold on to their, their clients and, not share them but with me it's like as long as you're taking care of them whether it's you or someone else you know that that means a lot more to them so that makes so much sense yeah because like it's not like you could travel with all of your celebrity clients yeah no (laughs) now another question we want to know is what is the craziest request you've ever gotten from a celebrity you can leave them anonymous if you want but we were thinking maybe something really last minute or something you had to kind of go through hoops to pull off. And I mean, there's a few where it's like, I'll, I'll get a call. Sorry. I like, this was like a few years ago, um, there, but there was like a rap artist that like hit me up. And the thing is, if it's a, like, if it's like a new person that like, I've never cut, you know, I kind of see how their, their approach is for me to even want to even cut their hair, regardless of who it is. It could be someone like a big name. And obviously when I'm younger, like I was, before I had kids and stuff, I was, I'll take any opportunity. Like I'll get a call like two, three in the morning. I'm like, yeah, I'm there. I'll, I'll come. You know, now that I'm, you know, getting older and I got kids and like, you just, you know, you know, your value, you know, your worth. And it was like, dude, like if it's a new client and you, you become a yes man off the bat, then you're a yes man forever to them, you know? And, but no, there was one time where I got called maybe, I think it was like two or three in the morning. They're like, yo, I need you like right now. Can you come to the studio? I'm like, bro, like, are you serious? Like, I can't, I can't make this happen, you know? And I turned that down, but then there was another time 
it was, oh, here's a perfect example. Like Meta, Meta called me and they were playing the Clippers and it's a Clipper home game. And I didn't know how strict Clipper, Lakers, Staples Center thing was until this moment. And so he was like, bro, can you pull up to Staples Center? I'm like, yeah, what time? He's like, the game's at seven. He's like, yeah, you pull up at like 545. I'm like, don't you have to warm up? Like, don't, you know, and he was just like, just pull up. I'm like, all right. So I go to the tunnel where all the players enter. And I'm like, yo, they won't let me in. And he's like, why? He's like, because they said this is a Clipper event and you're here for a Laker. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what to do. So he comes out and he's like, yo, just come, just come. Don't worry about it. And it was just such a, like, it was a lot of back and forth with security and like the Clippers event people. And it was just like a whole mess where I ended up cutting them, but it was just like, it went through so much shit just to give him a haircut right before the game. And like, he didn't, I don't even think he got to warm up. But the thing with Matt, he was always like, he was loyal, super loyal. But I've had like the most craziest, like, moments of cutting him because it'd be the most random places at the most randomest times and he just wanted to get cut most simplest cut ever but he he always looked out he stayed loyal no matter what but it would be at, again like the most outrageous places and times like when the one time he called me to go to the sls the hotel and we were at the bar and he, i'm like all right like where do you want to get cut like what room are you in and he's like no just let's just do it right here at the bar i'm like bro at the bar and then he's like, no, forget it. Let's just go to the restroom. And we did it in the restroom. And all these people were coming in and out, like recording. And he's like, yeah, record me, get my haircut. Like my barber's here. And I'm just like, dude, such a crazy dude. But he's like the most loving dude ever. Like super loyal. He take, he looks out for his people, you know? So I've had crazy moments with him for sure. Hilarious. I'm trying not to like burst out laughing. Were you, did you do all the Lakers um, designs in his head? Was that you like during no, that? I, was, I started cutting them like after all that oh, stuff. Okay. Did like a few, but nothing as crazy as like when they, when they were in the playoffs. Let's say he asked or one of your client, like regular clients asks you for something that you know won't turn out good. You can do it, but you won't, you don't like agree with it and they won't take no for an answer. Do you still do it? Um, it depends. I mean, if, if it's something they, I would try to like, pers- you know, persuade them to do something different. But if it's like, no, I need this done because blah, 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 I'll do it. I probably just won't put my name on it. <laughs> like, I won't like, you know, take a picture and post and be like, yeah, I did that. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, they're paying for it. But again, if it's like something I don't even really want to do or I, I might even just be like, no, I can't even do that. To be honest, if it's something like outrageous, like, I don't know, I feel like Meta would be that guy to do something like that. But if you were to ask me to do something, I'd be like, bro, no, nah, don't do that. Or I don't want to do it. Or I don't know how to do it. Or I can't. With the barber industry, how it works is like one bad cut or one something like that, it blows up. It's so fast to just, just like any any meme or anything that happens, like as fast as that is, it's, that's how it is in the barber industry too. Like one bad haircut or one something, like it just... Barbara just started going at that photo. So have you, I guess you haven't messed any cuts up. Uh, no, I mean, again, like when I cut these guys, like I try to cut them, you know, to the best of my ability to make sure that like, cause dude, it's going to be seen all over the world on TV, you know, live television. It's, it's got to look on point. So, I mean, obviously you get, you know, haters. I'll be like, Oh, well, you missed her. This spot is darker. This isn't blended. It's just like, Hey, I'm, I'm cutting them. You're not. So <laughs> just keep watching. <laughs> But no, I do my best to make sure that, you know, they love it and, you know, they look good for TV. So I know you started with designs. 
back in the day, back when you were cutting out of your Mississauga apartment, we're kind of going back in that pattern right now. Drake is high key trying to bring it back with a little heart in his uh, in his lineup. Mm-hmm. Is this movement coming back or do we leave this trend in the past? I feel like now, like, for example, Drake like that, I, I knew like once J-Mac did that part, I was like, yeah, this is this is it. Like, this is like a whole new trend as far as like, you know, like the Nas part that everyone still kind of does, you know, like the half moon and all that. So I like the moment he did that cut. I've seen everyone get that cut now. A lot of people are posting it, asking for it. I necessarily haven't done one yet, but some of my barbers I've done it in the shop. And it's, again, if it's someone as big as Drake or anyone else that's, you know, a big name in the industry, everyone's going to hop on it, you know. But I feel like as far as parts and designs, like it's not getting out there as much as it used to be. It's more so just like simplified or if not, like just keep it OG and like, like again, like the Nas part or like the Half Moon, and you don't even see anyone do like the. I remember once when Stefan Marbury had the line in the middle. You remember that? And like, uh, who else had that? I think Larry Johnson had that too back in the day. But yeah, people kind of keep it more simplified now and not not so crazy how it used to be. Yeah, Drake definitely moves the needle. I feel like a lot of well, I don't know if it's the Toronto in me, but it seems like whatever Drake touches turns into gold. Oh yeah, for sure. Automatic. I mean, look at all these brands, Chrome Hearts, it's been around for years and he blew that up and Stone Island, same thing. He blew that up as well. So it's like anything this guy touches is, is the next biggest thing. All right. So I know you also get blessed quite a bit. I've seen a little bit on your story. Have any of your clients ever blessed you with like some fire sneakers? I think like NBA clients or just clients in general? I feel like I see you get undefeated a lot, like almost every undefeated drop yeah so my homie again like i met him when i first moved out here and he he used to run the silver lake store and now he like he's more higher up now like he works in the office now but he's been my plug with them ever since so he always looks out but again that's all just based off of like building relationships and meeting people and like i just got another client i've been cutting recently and he uh he works for finish line he does like all the um like entertainment marketing and stuff. And he started plugging me now with all the, I mean, they do finish line does more like general release, but every dunk that comes out, he's like, yo, I got you. Or like those purple ones that drop, like he's like, yo, I got you. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, but it's like, I feel like as a barber again, it's like, it's a barter system. Like we're able to like, you take care of me, I take care of you type of thing. But as far as clients giving me sneakers, I don't even remember. I mean, I've been, you know, given so many different, pairs of shoes throughout the years and it's as far as anything crazy like no if anything it's like the plug to get like i'll still pay for them but it's like i don't have to do the raffle if i don't have to you know all that stuff so yeah like those union fours that just that are about to drop i just grabbed those this morning wow must be nice <laughs> yeah so let's do a you know I, I mean i paid for them retail but still like it's just that plug of being able to just get my hands on them so but stuff little things like that i feel like it's harder now to kind of get plugged up with things unless you're really like that guy you know that in itself is a big perk yeah just being able to get your hand because to be honest i've I've, like i've tried the sneakers app like one like every now and then and yeah i've never ever ever won i've always taken an l on that yeah i I think everyone takes l's on sneakers yeah we got to get you on soul savvy man it's uh we help people get sneakers for retail but 
outside of your plugs if you ever need it. We got you. <laughs> All right, for sure. We'll definitely reach out to you guys. Okay, my last question. Who do you think has the best cut in the NBA? Devin Booker. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> like everyone, and it's funny, I just, I literally just started cutting him right after the bubble. I've never met him before that. And I had gotten him, he just hit me up. Uh, I, I forgot who he got, I think he got my number from Kuz, or I don't know who he got it from, but uh, yeah, he hit me up and he was like, yeah, do you think you could give me a cut today? I was like, yeah, cut him once. And then he was staying out here, obviously, in the off season. And literally, I would see him once a week. And then it came like uh, the season, like for them uh, pretty much train, about to train for the season. And this is like November. He's like, yo, you down to fucking me in Phoenix? I was like, yeah, you know, it's a quick flight. It's literally like less than an hour to get there. And then, um, yeah, so we were able to work something out and I fly out there once a week to take care of him ever since November. So it's, uh, but I usually, I'm literally just in and out same day, flying in the morning, cut him and a few other guys. And then, I fly right back the same night. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, yeah, it's been consistent and it's, it's been good, but I've been getting like hell of feedback from people like, dude, like his cut be looking crazy. Like you killing that cut. And he's like, everyone's like, yo, he's playing so much better because of your haircut and this and that. I was just like, hey, I'm glad you guys are noticing, you know? And I mean, I'm, I'm sure he, he, he fucks with it cause I'm, I'm still around, <laughs> but no, he's, he's super cool. He's super cool. Super humble. You know what I mean? And he, he definitely, he's, He's killing him. And I feel like this season is like a big season for him. And, you know, hopefully like people really put respect on his name now. And this is his time. I mean, CP too, like he needs this and he's got a lot to prove himself being in the playoffs. And it's a big year for them, man. And I'm really, you know, I'm hoping they, they take it. It's going to be tough, but I think they, they got what it takes for sure. So do you have a prediction for Phoenix? I mean, I know I, I, I really feel they'll make it to the finals for sure. My prediction is them and it was them in Brooklyn, but with Kyrie and Harden out, I don't know. It's kind of, you know, iffy, but I think the next round is going to be pretty tough for them because it's, you know, it's looking like it might be the Clippers. But we'll see. It's tough because I got, you know, I got clients on both teams and, you know, because like Mike and Donovan are also my clients. So it's like if they go head to head and, and Jordan Clarkson too. So it's like, everyone's like, who are you going to go for? I was like, I'm going to just, hope for for game seven and you know whoever wins out of that just you know it's meant to be for them but it's going to be exciting i think it's going to be a good uh good playoff run to the finals for sure yeah basically just here to cut hair yeah exactly all right vince thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and talk with us if we want to find you it's at vince the barber on instagram gray matter in la and we'll see you guys on the next episode all right thanks a lot guys appreciate it